This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi, and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Thank you. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. And this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. 
This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. And we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So would our guests like to introduce themselves? Yes, hi, my name's Tracy and I'm an alcoholic. Hi Tracy, welcome to the show. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, how old are you or approximately how old oh, you are? I'm 63, nearly 64. Wonderful. And how long have you been sober? Um, I have been sober this time for seven months and two days. Well done. Yep. Wonderful. And uh, do you currently work? Are you uh, are you employed? At present, I'm not working. Um I went through uh, some stress and uh, anxiety because of things that happened a couple of years ago. So I'm actually on sickness benefit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm working through that and mm. coming right, actually. And the, re- and, the, and the program of recovery. And um, uh, let's, Tracy, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. What was it like growing up? I never felt a part of anything as a Mm. child. Thinking back, I always felt out of everything, out of, even out of the family, to the point where I would go to bed hoping that I would wake up blonde and (laughs) blue-eyed. As a a child, I was quite a loner, never really fitted in Mm. at school, uh, never knew why. Mm. Mm. And so, so let's crack into it. When did you start drinking? And what did it do for you? Um, I would have said I started in my 20s. Pictures have have come up where (laughs) I have a glass of wine in my hand at the age of four. Wow. And again at six as a (laughs) bridesmaid. And I am looking very pleased with myself. Indeed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, okay, so so when you started drinking, how did you drink? When I started drinking, I drank the same as everybody else. Actually, I would drink it at pubs or with people. I would um, enjoy the drinking. I never actually really got plastered when I first started. Mm. Uh, so I never thought there was a problem. I was mm. just, but I do remember how good it made me feel mm. and how it made me fit in. Right. I really felt I fitted in. Yeah. So let's talk about the progression then. Um, so, you know, how did your drinking change? And uh, did you ever feel um, that this is changing and a problem? When I was first married, uh, I worked for my husband and I worked at home and I found myself drinking every day. Mm. I was also aware of when I woke up in the morning wondering when I could have the first drink. That was probably the first thought I had when I woke up, working out when I could get that first drink. And is that something that, that progressed did or is that something that uh, you know again you know it's it's obviously a change from your early your earlier drinking. Do you know I've thought about this and I cannot exactly remember when it happened. Um, I know that I was definitely it was definitely after my marriage. Mm. It was after I thought everything was settled. 
I was married, life was going to be wonderful, mm. and nothing had really changed. Mm. And I think that's when I really started looking for mm. something to make those changes. And so, you know, in the times in between the drinking, describe your mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. I would have said there wasn't very much. I'm very lucky in that I had a very high rock bottom. So my drinking was probably the most important thing to me, my husband being away quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I was on my own, working at home in a small Scottish village. And... uh, so for me, the the biggest thing was, when can I go and buy the alcohol? Mm. When can I get out and get that alcohol and then work out how I was going to drink that through the day? Mm. I'm a plateau drink. I was a pla- plateau drinker. Right. So not a binge. Mm. And um, so, you know, the consequences as were there any consequences, whether it be jobs, relationships, trouble with the law? Never had trouble with the law, but I lost my husband. Okay. I looked back at that as well, and it has come to light to me now. Because my emotional growth was so stunted, I was incredibly immature. I married in my late 20s, Mm. um, and I was a nightmare to live with. Mm. And the drinking just made that worse. You know, I keep losing my temper, not just not being, not doing the adulting thing. Sure. So, Tracy, how did you find your way to your first AA meeting? It was actually, we had moved here. We had moved to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And I was now with my second husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, he was away. And I woke up at half past one in the morning thinking, I cannot do this anymore. Mm. It was just a bolt out of the blue. I cannot do this anymore. And I phoned AA. Wow. This incredible woman whose name is Di, and I will never forget it because this was 22 years ago, Mm. spoke to me for an hour and then said she'd come and pick me up for a meeting. Uh, And she took me to my first meeting. And tell us about that first meeting. How how did the others treat you? It was amazing. It was so welcoming. It was like moving into a group of people that they didn't physically have their arms open, but they they felt like they Mm. did. Mm. And just listening to those people talking and thinking, good Lord, they're talking, they're telling my story. (laughs) That was, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I thought I was on my own. I thought I was alone. And that is the magic as we, we relate and um, so tell us about your journey from that point forward. You know, um, what a, you know, what's it been like uh, since that first meeting? I stayed in AA for five years. Mm-hmm. I got myself a sponsor. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I realized looking back now that I went in half-heartedly. Mm. I did not go in and I had not given my will over at all. Mm. Uh, I had decided from the get-go that I was going to do three meetings a week, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. Uh, and my sponsor was amazing, but we didn't do the steps um, the way I do now. Mm. And so after five years, um, something happened in the meetings and I decided not going to do this anymore. Don't like what they're trying to do. And I left. And how did that go for you? I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> 
I thought I'm going to continue doing what they all want, you know, what, what I've learned. And I will keep doing, you know, the praying and, and but I discovered codeine, unfortunately. Okay. Um, it does not have the same effect as alcohol, but it kept me on a level. Mm. And so I was able to buy that over the counter, mm. of course. And so for the next 15 years, that's mm. what I used. Wow. Yeah. And so what was it that brought you back now into the rooms? Okay. I went over to Britain a few years ago um, on my 60th to see my family. And while I was there, um, both my mother and my father died within four months of each other, both unexpected. I was then stuck over there because of COVID. Mm -hmm. The flights were cancelled the day I was due to fly back. Mm. And... Then when I did come back, shortly after that, I think, codeine was taken off the shelves here, <laughs> which I did not think was going to have any effect on me at all. But I suddenly thought, I haven't had a drink for 20 years. I'm sure I can drink again. I'm sure it will be fine. I'm sure I'm, I can drink normally. And so I started drinking again. Wow. Then um, I was able to keep that up as a normal sipper drinker for a week. <laughs> then I started thinking, when can I get my next drink? Because mm. I was working mm. and I thought, oh, I can get, have a drink. I can have a wine when I get home. And realised that when I got home, I would have to scull the first one mm. fast and then I could sip like a lady. Mm. Mm. Um, and then after five weeks... Um, I had had some whiskey, talking to my friend at lunchtime. I was absolutely fine. And then um, in the afternoon, had more whiskey and decided now was a good time to kill myself. Mm. So I proceeded to set everything out and tried, attempted to do that. Luckily managed to phone the friend I had been to with lunch and she got an ambulance and got me into the, um, into the hospital Mm -hmm. and two days and then I had a complete breakdown mm. uh, two days after that all I could hear in my head because I was having panic, pan panic attacks and all of this stuff all I could hear in my head was get back to AA mm. that's all I could hear and so I got myself back into AA uh, that was last September wow. and um, I got Ubers um, I saw friends that I had seen 20 years before. Wonderful. I made those connections and I kept going. Yep. Um, I've had a couple of slips, but it was like having a glass of wine, thinking, what the heck am I doing? Pouring it down the sink and going to a meeting and telling my sponsor. Mm -hmm. And the next one was whiskey, which I did not pour down the sink because it's flipping expensive. <laughs> so I actually took it over to a friend, said happy Easter <laughs> and uh, went back to the meeting the next day. And, 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 you know, what an incredible journey. And, you know, so what are the, some of the things that you've managed to do over the last several months to maintain that sobriety? I have um, an amazing sponsor mm. who luckily is quite tough on mm -hmm. me. Um, I need that because mm. I'm very stubborn. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is absolutely incredible. And I listen to her. That's mm. one of the things I do is listen to my sponsor. Mm. 
And I follow what's suggested. Mm. Even if I think it's ridiculous at the time, I will do it anyway. Mm. Uh, I go to meetings, Uh usually about five or six at the moment, um, depending on where I'm at. I mean, my sister's just visited from Scotland, so that went down to about three. But I was still aware of Mm. keeping that progression in the meetings and talking to other people on the phone. And uh, that's often something that's not so easy, has that become easier for you? It's still not easy because I still think I need to be doing it on my own. If the problem happens, I think I need to be able Mm. to cure it on my own. But I am getting a lot better at phoning Mm. and there are a few people I know I can phone um, and that I know will be there. And um, service, so so being part of, of the fellowship and doing service, is that part of, has that been part of your journey? It's a great part of AA. Um, I'm doing the tea and coffee at the moment for um, a meeting on a Saturday. Lovely. I helped with the uh, Southern Area Assembly, went and helped in the kitchen, yep. which was a wonderful experience. It was mm. just such a joy to do that. And being able to come here and Mm. just tell my story and hopefully help other Mm. people to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, Tracy, how would you describe yourself just for today? Just for today, I am a lot calmer. I know about living in the day. I'm learning that and I am working on that every day. Mm. And it has helped incredibly with, for example, my sister just visiting has been such an incredible experience because sometimes we would niggle, you know. (laughs) But I found rather than getting defensive, Mm. I was able to listen to what she's saying Mm. and realise actually she's right, you know, Mm. and there was no niggles. It Mm. was absolutely amazing. So today I am in an incredibly happy place. Amazing. And um, now we look, we, we talk about AA being a spiritual program and, a, and, you know, a power greater than ourselves, not a religious program. What does that look like for you? I'm one of the lucky ones in that I was actually, I actually grew up in a spiritual community in uh, Scotland. Mm. So for me, God isn't sitting on a cloud glaring down at you and throwing thunderbolts if you do the wrong thing. Mm. For me, God is all encompassing. Um, in all over the place, but it doesn't have to be the name God either. Mm. For me, a higher power is something that I know I can access if I have a problem with something I know I can just hand it over. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore because somehow, even if it's hearing it on a radio or Uh somebody says something in a supermarket, I will hear the answer somehow. Wonderful. And and that's and that for you is life lived on a spiritual basis. For me it is. Yeah. Wonderful. It really is. And um, you know, is there anything you would recommend for anyone, you know, given the time of year? It's a new year, it's a, it's a it's a the festive season. You know, what are some of the things that they can do uh to help um cope with times of difficulty? One of the things that I do is to make sure I'm in contact with other alcoholics, especially Uh at this time of year. Not to isolate, 
that's mm. always a danger for me mm. because then my head takes off and says, you know, it'd be okay to have that one drink. But it is not a good idea at all for me. And to go to meetings, mm. keep your meetings up, even it's just days. Mm. So just keep that up because it really helps you to keep that balance mm. and to keep moving forward. Absolutely. And for anyone who's out there listening who thinks they might have a drinking problem, what were some of the things that you were able to ask yourselves or that they can ask themselves to help them decide, do I have a drinking problem? There are definitely questions that I asked myself in the very beginning. Um, Those were, can I actually go for a day without a drink? Can I go a week without a drink? Mm. And you can progress that. You also think, is alcohol the most important thing in my Mm. life? Because there is a difference between a heavy drinker Mm. and an alcoholic. Mm. And I am just being aware of that now, having Mm. talked to a friend who thought he had a problem. Just to be able to see how important it is to you. If you Mm. cannot live without it, Mm. then you could be in trouble and you might want to to seek help on that. Mm, Wonderful. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your incredible story with us. Thank you, Louise. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.